Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Ben Stevens and George Kurtz. We are live right here on Football Full Circle, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is George Kurtz. I am Ben Stevens. Football is in the air. It was crisp when I walked outside this morning, George. We have college football in week number one kicking off this evening. 11 FPS games as the full country in CFB gets started today. And one week from tonight, George, the regular season of the National Football League in 2023 debuts at the home of the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs as KC hosts the Detroit Lions. So, George, there is football about. There is football on the horizon. It's a good thing we're on football full circle here on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, you said it right this morning. You and I both live here in the Northeast. A little, a little bit of maybe crisp is too strong a word, but it's windy this morning, a little cool here. Mm. Feels like football. I mean, when does it uh, when does it officially feel when is it officially football? Is it because of week one college uh, football this weekend? Is yeah, it the, uh, next Wednesday when your kids go to school? Does that feel like football to you? Is it next? Do you have to wait till next Thursday? We're a week out and change from Detroit, Kansas City. When is it officially NFL season? It's a great point, George. There have been some, myself included, that get really excited when we get to training camp. And I will proclaim that football is back. Media Days coincides with that in college football as well. There are others when you have the first preseason game, although it doesn't matter entirely too much. Football is back. Is it week zero in college football? At least for CFB, I would say so. But, George, I think over this next week, certainly by next Thursday night in Kansas City, Missouri, Football is officially back when the NFL season kicks off, George, because the NFL remains king. As you look at a betting handle pie, if you will, out of 100%, the NFL dominates at about 76%, followed by college football and then the four major professional sports outside of that, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, they kind of eat up the rest of the pie. So I would say, George, that NFL remaining king Football is fully, fully back when the regular season starts, and that happens in just seven days. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it, uh, when does it feel like it's football? The cuts, you know, the cuts that we all had this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the contract news too. Jonathan Taylor, uh, Chris Jones, you know, the running backs, uh, Barkley and uh, uh, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, and it, it just dominates the headlines. So we're thinking about it over and over again, right? I mean, come on, we've been talking about it all week. Where, where is Jonathan Taylor going to go? Is he going to get traded? And now is he, is he going to get traded by the deadline? You know, what's going to happen there? So it, it's football season. It is. It dominates. We all know it does. Uh, for whatever reason you want to say it does. But 
Uh, maybe it's your last fantasy draft. You play fantasy football uh, when that's over. Oh, hey, it's officially football. It's setting lineups and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's fun. It's here, and it's time to enjoy. It is time to enjoy. Maybe it's when you place your first wager on an NFL game in the regular season. And that will happen for most of us, George, a week from tonight. In Kansas City, it's the Chiefs hosting the Lions. The total is 54 and a half. It is the largest number for the entirety of the week one slate. All 16 games included, and it happens in the very first one. The spread, George, six and a half in favor of the Chiefs. Now, it is a common occurrence to see the defending Super Bowl champions open up the very next season. George is often a marquee matchup, and from perspective and optimism and public attention, the Lions have become America's darling. But you don't often see a near touchdown number on opening night between two teams we expect to contend, and in this case, two divisional frontrunners. The Lions, the favorites in the NFC North. The Chiefs and odds on minus 180 favorite to win the AFC West for a seventh consecutive year. So, George, when you see six and a half points in favor of Kansas City, what does that say to you about this opening matchup? Well, you know, hey, it says how far Detroit's come. Think about it. They're on the opening night football, right? They, damn. Uh, probably wouldn't have thought about that a couple of years ago. My best friend's a Lions fan, by the way. Lived in New York his whole life. I have no idea how. Uh, but he is. Uh I got to tell you, man, I am leaning towards the Lions in this game. Now, I know Chris Jones, this I highly doubt we're going to have Chris Jones play for Kansas City, and that, leave, that leaves that defense very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. I think Detroit could score some points here. I'm going to take the six and a half here. I am. I think Detroit, listen, I don't know if they're going to win the, uh, the NFC North. I think we're underestimating the Green Bay Packers quite a bit here, you know, because Aaron mm. Rodgers leaving. That's still a damn good football team. So uh, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I do. I think they'll be uh, very good. They're entertaining. Got to love Dan Campbell. All right, this guy's a, a quote machine at uh, those press conferences. Love to, love to watch him, which is very rare for me as far as uh, coach press conferences. But uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, saying, I'm leaning towards Detroit here, taking the points. The Lions last year, George, the tie for the fourth worst scoring defense in the National Football League, giving up just a touch over 25 points per game. But they did start to figure it out in the final month of that regular season. Of course, the Lions able to turn things around last year after a dismal start to come all the way back to be a playoff contender in what was that regular season finale against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Unfortunately for Detroit, the Seahawks won earlier that day, so it wasn't win and you're in, but the Lions able to muster up an upset in Lambeau, keeping Aaron Rodgers in his final game for the Packers outside of the postseason. So the defense was better under Aaron Glenn. It needs to continue to improve, and I think, George, that's why we see the total at 54 and a half. In fact, of the 16 opening week games that we have in the NFL next week, only two have a total at 48 points or higher. The opening game between the Chiefs and the Lions, that's 54 and a half. In a Sunday afternoon game between the Chargers and the Dolphins at 50 and a hook. We'll have plenty more from around the National Football League as the regular season awaits up next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to Football Full Circle with Ben Stevens and George Kurtz. We are back live right here on FFC. It's Ben Stevens and George Kurtz with you on this Thursday, just one week out from the start of the NFL regular season. A Thursday night debut, the opener in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Lions. George, this week was a big one in the National Football League. Preseason done last weekend. Training camp really coming to a close with cut day around the NFL on Tuesday afternoon. Trimming the roster down to just 53 guys to move forward into the first game week of the year and make your preparations for a regular season. And George, it wasn't somebody being waived or cut or released on Tuesday that really had all of our attention. It was Indianapolis's Jonathan Taylor. And would the Colts ship JT away or keep him in-house? That's what they decide to do, the latter of those two options. JT remains in Indy but was placed officially, George, on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. He is mandated now to miss the first four games of this regular season for Indianapolis. And the reason, George, the Colts kept him in Indy was because, as it was reported, Indianapolis did not feel they received a fair value trade offer for the 2021 leading rusher in the National Football League, only about to enter year number four of his NFL career. But, George, we got a report yesterday from ESPN's Adam Schefter about this uh, mysterious team that laid in the weeds and was waiting to maybe gauge some interest in Jonathan Taylor the Green Bay Packers was that mysterious team George which was really interesting to me because Green Bay already has Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and despite the fact that Jonathan Taylor was great at running the football in the state of Wisconsin playing for the Badgers in his college football days it didn't really track that Green Bay would be interested in trading a package for J.T. George, why do you think the Packers have all of a sudden been floated as this mysterious team that was in the running for Jonathan Taylor? I think this was just them doing their due diligence, uh, seeing if he uh, was going to come at a cheaper price. You know, because uh, so, it makes no sense here. Listen, I, I know Aaron Rodgers is always mad at them because they don't believe in wide receivers. Maybe it's just very true. All they want is running backs, right? Uh, I mean, you got Aaron Jones. He's signed through next season. All right? So, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything there. You got A.J. Dillon. Uh, Probably a starting running back himself. He was on a different team here, right? You, you got him. Now, granted, uh, you know he's only signed through this season, so maybe it's more of a future thing. I mean, I just I, I didn't understand. Once again, it, it's not what you needed here. You got two good backs. Are either one uh, Java Taylor? A healthy Java Taylor is probably better than both. Yes, but uh, I didn't understand this either. It was just uh, very strange here. Uh, but it didn't matter. Green Bay. I mean, no one's going to pay the price. Apparently, if you believe it, 
uh, Indianapolis was asking for Jaden Waddle and more for Jarvis Taylor. And that was never, ever going to happen. Yeah. And that would have been something that would have been an illustrious trade package. So I don't think Andy George really ever wanted to trade Jonathan Taylor. That's been my assessment of this whole fiasco in Indianapolis that really started with some words from team owner Jim Ursay about Jonathan Taylor's role in the football realm, his own included in there. But obviously, JT, with the running back value conversation that has dominated the headlines here this NFL offseason, felt spurned by those words from Ursa. I don't even think Chris Ballard, George, who is the general manager in Indy, who I think often realizes how difficult his job can be because his owner is just a fireball who says whatever the heck he feels that he can say, and owners, because they're in the Billionaire Boys Club, have that privilege. Chris Ballard yesterday, George, said, this sucks. The entire situation sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for the front office. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. It sucks for the fans of Indianapolis. It sucks for Anthony Richardson. It sucks for rookie head coach Shane Steichen. So now, George, that JT remains in Indianapolis, on the pup list, he is set to miss the first four games of this season for the Colts. What do you think the next step in this saga is? Well, we know what the next step's going to be, right? Uh, It's going to be a trade deadline. And what happens then? Uh, what happens when uh, pick any team you want that's a contender? Uh, go go to the Cowboys. I'm a Cowboy fan. Uh, Tony Pollard gets hurt. He's gone for the year. You know, it doesn't matter what the injury, he's gone for the year. Then we're going to hear it again. Oh, Taylor would make the Cowboys look good. I, mean, I got to tell you, Ben, uh, you know, I just finished up uh, with Gabe Morency on Friday night, game time decisions, uh, when that trade went down with Trey Lance. And the first thing I saw was Dallas Cowboys make a big trade. And I'm like, oh, they acquired Taylor. Damn, interesting. You know, and before I realized uh, or before I read that it was Trey Lance. Uh, yeah. But I think that's what the next uh, process is going to be. But I'll tell you, Ben, I think this ends up in the courts. Because I think what's going to happen is I don't think they are going to trade him. Because I don't think Ursay wants to. I think he's trying to send a message or whatever it is. He already said he doesn't want to deal him. I think they're going to try uh, not pay him the entire year. But I say it's an NFI, non-football injury. And here we go, federal court. Interesting. That would be a very interesting development for Jonathan Taylor and Indianapolis. I think from a football perspective, they want him out there. They want him to be beside Anthony Richardson as the rookie quarterback steps up to this next level. You would think, George, just as simple and common sense as it can be, that you would want your best offensive player out there for a rookie QB under a rookie head coach to start off 2023. That is not going to be the case. In the line, George, for that week one opener, two weeks from Sunday, now just 10 days away, has worked against Indianapolis. The Colts are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against a divisional rival in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just a few weeks back, George, that line was three-and-a-half only in favor of the Jags. The Colts have been the home underdog to start off their season opener the entirety of this time, but now the line working against them because of the dis- situation the Colts find themselves in. Now, in all honesty, I'd have been on the Jaguars anyway. You know, uh, minus three and a half, minus four. If it wouldn't have made a difference to me, uh, I'm betting with Jags in this game. Uh, I think they're the better team. The Colts, uh, I mean, I like Richardson, but he's a work in progress. We know this. And you take away Taylor now. And I think, in my mind, there's always four things you want for a rookie quarterback, right? Uh, A good receiver. Uh, They really don't have that. An ace. You know, a strong offensive line. Okay, that's solid there. Uh, a big tight end. You know, that, that big friendly tight end that's close to the line of scrimmage to help him, uh, you know, get rid of the ball quicker. They really don't have that. And a strong running game, right? Let's turn those second nines at the second fives. Make life easier. 
Well, without Taylor, they don't have that. And you already sort of st- stated here, and this sucks for everybody. It certainly does for Richardson. I said the Colts number their only really in my mind their only priority this season is developing Richardson, doing you whatever it takes to develop him. And you know what? If giving Taylor a couple of million dollars more does that, you do that. You just do that. Yeah. You know, because you have that's the only way you're going to get get back to where you want to be. Is if Richardson develops, and if you put him behind, uh, you know, a year or two because you don't have a run game now, now everything's second nine, every defensive end, every linebacker, every safety's coming for him. That's not good. That's just not. It's just not smart business in my mind. Uh, yeah. I think Arce uh, has to learn. Yes, I don't know if Taylor would sign for this. I don't. But you know, the Raiders placated Jacobs, gave an extra million. You know, Barkley he caved in. You know, the Giants gave an extra million. Whatever it was, uh, peanuts for these guys. Do the same thing. Placate him. Get him in there. Develop your team. You know, you can worry about trading after the offseason, uh, whatever it's going to be here. This is a mess. It's a big mess, and it's not good for the Colts. It's not good for Ritson. You meant it's not good for the head coach. It's not good for anybody. No, it certainly is not. It's not good for Chris Ballard, the general manager in Indianapolis either, who, again, oftentimes I feel is scapegoated by the fact that his owner, Jim Ursay, is as involved as he is. Now, when you think about where this situation stands, George, with Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned the trade deadline, something to pay attention to. JT is in year number four of his NFL career. It is the final year of his rookie contract. It does not necessarily, though, mean he becomes a free agent at the end of this NFL season entering next offseason, George, because he has to play six games this year in 2023 to become entitled to become an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. So he would have to play six games somewhere and wherever he ends up, George, including Indianapolis, although it's probably not fair or it's probably not right, we understand the fiscal part of this and Jonathan Taylor, as we have seen with running backs time and again, would most likely be franchise tag, not even really able to hit the open market to determine that value. That's the JT component of it all. But the Packers, George, being the mysterious team involved in the mix, leads to questions about what is in store for Green Bay in 2023. Post Aaron Rodgers, that's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Ben Stevens and George Kurtz. We are back on Football Full Circle. It is FFC here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is George Kurtz. I am Ben Stevens. So, George, we talking about the NFC North a little bit on today's show. The Detroit Lions open up the season on the road in Kansas City against the Chiefs next Thursday night, just one week away. The Lions are the favorites in the NFC North. We also revealed, as it was revealed to us, the Green Bay Packers were doing their due diligence perhaps as a mysterious team potentially in the running for Jonathan Taylor and all the trade talks and the offers that the Colts received well George it's a new era in the NFC North because for the first time in the last 15 years Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and George for eight times in the last 12 seasons it was Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers to an NFC North divisional crown not last year of course that was the Minnesota Vikings a 13 and 4 football team that we'll discuss in just a moment but it's a new era for Green Bay Jordan Love becomes the starter entering his fourth year in the National Football League the Lions are booked as a divisional favorite George the Lions have failed to win a divisional crown for the last 30 years in the National Football League the Bears have a little bit of hope after a season worst record or a a league worst record last season just three and 14 but Justin Fields enters year number three and again Those Vikings won 13 games last year, I understand, albeit 11 of them by just a single score. So, George, here are the odds in the NFC North. The Lions, the favorites, plus 145. The Vikings back by just over a buck at plus 260. The Packers plus 350 in third. The Bears have the fourth and longest price at plus 430. But, George, from Detroit at plus 145 to Chicago with the longest number, plus 430, Less than $3 separates all four teams in this division. So, George, ultimately, what happens in the NFC North this year? Well, it's funny. I guess that buddy of mine's listening in because he just sent me a text of a lion roaring, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, I am not betting. I, I, do, I, I think Detroit wins the division. I do. I think they're the best overall team. Maybe it's Detroit's time here. Uh, but plus 145, I ain't doing that. All right. Uh, there's not enough value there for me. I don't see the Vikings doing it. You know, well, that defense was putrid last year. We all know, right? They won a lot of games. You know, the luck was on their side. I don't know if that could repeat two years in a row. Arguably, they're a better team this year, but no Dalvin Cook. You go to Madison. Uh, a lot of pressure going to be on Kirk Cousins. Uh, good for his overs and stuff like that, you know, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to be believing them, the Vikings here. You give me 350 with the Packers. Top to bottom, 1 to 53, this might be the best team in the division. Now, yes, the one big question mark is Jordan Love. I don't need him to be Aaron Rodgers, Ben. I don't. Just be serviceable. Just be serviceable. That defense is really good. All right? The running game is really good. Yeah, the passing game is going to have some issues. I have no doubt about that. But I don't need them to put up 35 points. Now, I'm going to need them to score, you know, low 20s. And I think they'll win uh, their share of games here. You give me 350, three and a half to one, I'll take the Green Bay Packers for that price. 
Yeah, you know, George, it's so interesting because this Green Bay team is really young. And unlike many of the 15 years under Aaron Rodgers, George, where it was that Packer offense kind of leading the way, the defense was good during the Super Bowl runs and the consistent NFC Championship appearances of the early 2010s. But it was Aaron Rodgers. That was the defining factor, of course, for Green Bay. Last year, the reason the Packers were even in playoff consideration in the final month of the regular season was the defense, George. They were really, really good, certainly in the back end, led by Jair Alexander. So this year, the defense actually is going to be the stalwart side that at least leads things off until we fully see what Jordan Love is capable of at the quarterback position in the National Football League. But there's talent around him, albeit young, unproven, perhaps in a great sample size talent around him. Because you look at Aaron Jones, I'm pretty sure he's 27, 28 years old, George. He's the old guard of this offense. A.J. Dillon, 25 and younger. Of course, the young wide receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Now they got a kid out of Michigan State that I love. They drafted day number two of this NFL draft in Jaden Reed. They also have two tight ends they took early and often. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, George, is a guy they are raving about near Lambeau Field. And, of course, Tucker Craft as well, who was a tight end selected out of South Dakota State. A good pipeline from SDSU as you look at Dallas Goddard with the Philadelphia Eagles. All of that to say, though, George, this team actually does have some young pieces offensively that I think are pretty good. And the win total for the Packers, George, seven and a half. The over has the heavy juice, albeit at minus 150, but seven and a half for this Packers team to win eight games certainly does not seem out of the realm of possibility. No, you obviously know I'm, I'm on board. I think they're going to win the uh, division. So they're going to win some over seven and a half games here. I mean, I, I don't know why. It's all about Rodgers, right? Because he's not there. That's why people are down on the Packers here. And yeah. they open up their first, you know, hey, five games. I mean, great, a three on the road. Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, Vegas. What's the worst they do? Two and three? You know, I mean, they're going to. I, I can't see them doing more worse than two and three there. You got Denver, okay. Yeah, they play the Rams. You know, they're at Pittsburgh. Uh, what else we got? You have Giants or no definite win. Uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina. I mean, I, I can't see how they don't get nine wins. It's wild to me, George, because I think you said this with the Lions, right? And your friend that sent you the roaring lion emoji. In my estimation, the Lions winning the division is going to be tough, right? If they're a 10-win football team, it doesn't guarantee they win the division. But, George, I do think if you're a 10-win football team in the NFC this year, knowing how up in the air the conference is, your shot of making the postseason is probably minus money. And the Lions are favored to make the playoffs, of course, as they are the divisional favorite entering the year in the NFC North. And if I don't think the Lions win the NFC North because one of the other teams come up and grab it, the Packers, the Vikings, maybe even the Bears somehow, some way, it doesn't mean the Lions aren't a playoff team, which would be something obviously beneficial for Detroit and Dan Campbell moving forward. It just means to me, George, overall, when you look at this team, it's so interesting to see where Detroit stands, having not won a divisional crown for 30 years, being the favorites. But again, like if the Packers go and get 10 wins even if the Lions get 10 wins, we'll see who wins the division. But I think you have two playoff teams somewhere in this division, George. I'm probably leaning your way also there. I mean, uh, we got what, seven teams. All right, so you get your four division winners. Now we got three wild card teams. I expect Dallas or Philadelphia to grab one of them. Right? I expect San Fran or uh, Seattle to grab one. You know, I, I got San Fran with the division. So now you got one wild spot left. Giants, 
I'm gonna put the Commanders in here, and you know it's, it's the Vi uh, whoever does it win the uh, the North out of the Vikings, Packers, uh, Lions, two of those teams. Uh, I guess yeah. Atlanta would have an outside shot to uh, an outside shot, but I wouldn't really include them here. So, you know, it, it, listen, it, it's likely to come down to who stays healthiest. All right, I mean, if anyone, if golf goes down, you know, love goes down, cousins go down, those teams are shot. You can say that about any team, though, for for the most part. Their starting quarterback goes down, you're pretty much toast here. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I just think we're discounting the Packers that we're forgetting about them. Because, because Rod, Rodgers didn't play that well last year, and they still almost made the playoffs. Jordan Love yeah. is not a pure rookie. He's been there for a couple of years. He knows the system. All right, they yeah. had such a good team around him. They're going to have a lot of close games. I'll tell you one thing, Ben. Uh, I think there'll be games where you, Green Bay is, is just playing to see you know, who makes the mistake in the fourth quarter. They're playing that kind of, uh, you know, if you're a hockey, neutral zone, zone trap. You know, boring mm. first three quarters. Don't make the mistake. Don't take the big penalty. Don't fumble the ball. Don't turn it over. That sort of thing in the fourth quarter. And we'll beat you by, you know, just not making mistakes. I don't know if Love can be that guy right away. You know, maybe he's the guy who makes that mistake in the fourth quarter that cost you a game. So I think they'll be, they're going to play a lot of close games. And they're probably going to need, you know, more than their fair share of those games to go their way. If they're 50 50, then maybe this is an 8 9 team. I say it could go that yeah. way, too. But I look at their schedule, I think they can get this done. Yeah, I don't think there's a top end team in this division, George, unless they really exceed expectation. That's winning 12 or 13 games, like the Vikings did a season ago. And I'll talk about Minnesota in just a second. But I don't really think there's a flat seller in this basement of this division, quite like the Bears being a 3 and 14 team. Either now, Chicago's win total also seven and a half, and the over has the juice as well. Not as much juice as the Packers, minus one fifty to the over for Green Bay, minus one twenty-two to the over for Chicago. But George, they play each other, one of the oldest rivalries in the National Football League, at Soldier Field on the opening Sunday of the year. The Bears, a slight, and I mean very slight, one-point favorite at home, George, with a money line that's minus one twelve for Chicago. It's minus one hundred four for Green Bay, George. What what do you think that game will show you maybe about both of these teams that could represent something bigger in this division this year? Like where you're going with this, by the way, I think uh, we need to know, right? So we'll, yeah. about low, we'll find out right away. Can he throw the ball? Can he throw the ball? You know, I think that's very important here. And the same thing is for Fields. Now, I know he can throw the ball. Did they get him enough? You know, did the Bears do enough during the offseason to get him people to throw the ball too? All right now, I like DJ Moore. I do. He's miscast as a number one, but I like D.J. Moore. Darnell Moody, okay. Chase Claypool, I know that was a bust last year. We'll see what happens with the full training camp and mini camps and practice and all that. Uh, can they get in sync with fields? He's got to be able to throw the ball. You know, we, we, we know he can run the ball, right? And that's fantastic. But we also know he can get hurt, right? Because if he's supposed to run the ball that much, you know, he's going to he could get banged up again and miss a couple of games. That can put, uh, you know, play out of the playoffs right there. So uh, I think that's what I'm looking for, both these guys. Yeah, it's one of the more interesting games, not because of the rivalry that's gone on forever, but because I want to take a look at both quarterbacks. You know, I said, I know what Fields can do. I really don't know what Love can do, so I'm probably more interested in him. But I also want to see yeah. Fields, if those wide receivers make a difference. Now, George, we mentioned it's a new era, of course, for Green Bay, right? But this recipe, this plan for how they evolve is not all that foreign. Brett Favre was the starting quarterback for 16 years. Aaron Rodgers was drafted late in the first round. Well, it still seemed like Favre was near his peak. They sat Aaron Rodgers on the bench for three seasons to start off his NFL career. And then Rodgers became a starter in year number four when Brett Favre went to, you guessed it, the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers leaves after 15 years as a starter. Jordan Love sat on the bench behind Rodgers 
four, three years. And now he's the starter entering year number four. One final point on the Minnesota Vikings as well. That's coming your way next on FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Full circle with Ben Stevens and George Kurtz. We are here on FFC. It is football full circle, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. He's George Kurtz. I am Ben Stevens. And George, we're talking about the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings have the second best price to win the division. Last year, the Green Bay Packers entered the year as a slight odds-on favorite in what would be the final curtain call for Aaron Rodgers as the Packers quarterback. The Vikings had that second best price and they ended up winning the division. It was around this number two, the same now as it was a year ago at this time, plus 260. Minnesota George won 13 games. A 13-4 and football team, the second best record in the NFC. And George, when you look at where Minnesota stood, at the end of last year to where they end up now entering this year based on expectation it's like we expect this Vikings team to be hot trash now they won 13 games but 11 of them by a single score so that's the variable George that's where a lot of people look at what the Vikes did last year and even the year prior and are saying luck's got to run out those games that are toss-ups well they have a way of finding the other edge from time to time so a 13 win football team that won 11 by a single score that year they're probably only winning six by a single score we're talking a team that's now eight and nine nine and eight for me George I look at Minnesota I'm like okay if there is regression you're telling me this Vikings team even regresses by three wins and they're not in contention for the division I think we're expecting a little bit too uh or or not enough I should say I guess out of Minnesota entering 2023 well, they have some issues, right? Uh, the defense is uh, putrid last year. You know, has yeah. it gotten better? <clears throat> I mean, theoretically, yes, it has gotten better. Uh, not certainly not good, but better. All right, so uh, really can't be much worse than it was last year. Uh, no Dalvin Cook, uh, he's gone now. I like Alexander Madison, I do, but he's not Dalvin Cook. Yep. So your running game's weaker. Uh, your passing game, yeah, okay. You keep uh, Cousins upright. Uh, that's going to cook. 
All right, you got the uh, one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the game. And J.J. Uh, Osborne was much better than really given credit for last year. And then you draft Jordan Addison. All right, and today you just signed uh, T.J. Hawkinson. He wanted a uh, sort of a record-breaking contract for tight ends. Well, he got it. Four-year, $68.5 million. I believe it was over $40 million guaranteed. Uh, average value is $17 million. Both records for tight ends. I know. I understand. These are just numbers. Uh, most uh, contracts uh, teams can walk away from it after two years. So uh, it is what it is. So that, that passing offense should cook as long as the offensive line keeps uh, Cousins upright there. No doubt about that. Uh, I think it's just you're asking a lot to keep winning all these high-scoring games. This, this is playing baseball on course field again. You, know, you want to win 34-31 games here. Uh, I think they're a fun team. I think they're an over team for almost everything. You want your overs during the, uh, you know, on the sides. You want your prop overs here because I think they're going to give up points. They're going to score points here. Uh, we'll find out about them pretty quickly. All right, they play Philadelphia week two, L.A. Uh, Chargers week three, Kansas City week five. You know, yeah. it's, it's every other week with this team. San Fran week seven. You know, they got, they got Green Bay week, uh, week eight. So we're going to find out about this team before half the season's over. We'll know if they're uh, really a contender or not here. They get Tampa week yeah. one, by the way. So they, they get a uh, really uh, – I guess the joke would be the fourth preseason game. They should take care of uh, the Bucks here. Well, they have all sorts of issues. So uh, I don't think we can discount them. I don't. They're not winning 13 games. Do I think they'd be lucky to win double digits? I do. I think it is coming down here. I think they'll be in contention, mind you. I don't. I don't think any team, not the Lions, not the Packers, certainly not the Bears. I don't think any of those teams are winning 12 games. I don't. Maybe you get yeah. lucky. You know, everything bounces your way. But I think uh, this could be the race to win 10. You know, 11. I think would certainly win this division. Yeah. Yep. And again, George, like we said in the last segment, right? How far is the bottom? How high is the top for the NFC North? If you're winning nine or ten games, you might be in contention for this division, and you're probably going to have a good shot at the NFC playoffs because the Buccaneers open up the season on the road in the Twin Cities against the Vikings. Minnesota's a six-point favorite in that game. I would say as of right now, just on paper, I could be wrong. I only expect the champion out of the NFC South to be the one team that makes the playoffs out of that division. The NFC North, competitive. The NFC East, you probably have the Eagles and the Cowboys. Again, some regression expected for the Giants. I don't expect many things from Washington. Seattle was a playoff team last year. I think San Francisco is positioned well. We'll see if the Rams have any bounce back in them to try to regain anything that looks similar to the form of a Super Bowl championship in 2021. But that being said, George, it's not the AFC where you could look at the top 10 odds to win the conference title and be like, oh, all of those teams are in contention. Oof. All of those teams are a playoff team. In fact, George, let's do that right now, just to kind of make the point of how difficult the AFC is going to be. When you look at the nine best odds in the AFC to win the division, uh, to win the conference, it's the Chiefs, the favorites, the Bills second, the Bengals third, the Ravens fourth, the Jets fifth, the Chargers sixth, tied with the Dolphins for that sixth spot, and even the Jaguars, George, at 15 to one, a divisional favorite with a minus at minus 155, have the eighth best price to win the conference. Well, we all know if you win the division you make it to the playoffs and you host a game the Browns are there the Steelers are there the Broncos maybe if they can find something and bounce back the Titans and the Patriots George the list goes on and on where the ability to make it to the postseason this upcoming NFL season in the AFC is going to be a very high bar that you have to clear certainly if you're not winning your division that's a difficult thing to do but to stack up enough wins to even be in that wild card race the AFC is brutal. I mean, you look at the AFC. How many teams of the 16 would you say, oh, they're not going to the playoffs? You know, no, no chance in hell. 
You know, and I'm looking at Houston, Indianapolis. Yeah. And that might be it. That would no That's chance it. in hell. You know, I don't, I don't think the Raiders and Broncos are going, mind you, but I, they have right. a chance. You know, but it's only two teams that, like I said, they're, they're, no, like I said, they're done. You know, put a fork in them. Uh, everybody else has a shot there. So the AFC is brutal here. Uh, once again, stay, you got to stay healthy. You so have to. I think the Chiefs, as it stands right now, boy, I think they're playing with fire. I really do. Not, not that I'm saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but I think the Chargers, this is right for them, for the Chargers to finally win this division. Now, I know, once again, uh, when you talk about the Chargers, it's difficult to uh, be too optimistic. When you have a verb named after you, and not in a good yeah. way, it's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, they charge it. Uh, you know, when you have done that, you know, they, how they lose? Well, they charge it because they find ways to lose here. But Chiefs, no Chris Jones. And I think Jones, by the way, will. He's not making a whole lot of money. So he's not losing much. He's not losing much in a game check. You know, I think he, he might be that guy that holds out until he has to report to get that uh, to accrue that year. That's a brutal loss for the Chiefs. That hurts that, uh, that defense. Man, if uh, we all, obviously if Mahomes gets hurt, but if Kelsey were ever get dinged up, that offense could be in trouble too here. I think they're, they're ripe uh, there. But that being said, that they get in here. The only thing I feel confident about in the whole conference is Jacksonville wins the division. That's it. Mm. It's the only thing I feel truly confident about. You know, it's funny when you think about where the AFC South is entering this year as compared to the last one. Jacksonville had the longest price entering last year. The Colts were the odds-on favorites. Jacksonville had to win five straight games to claim the division after Tennessee lost six straight to cough things away, with the Colts being a disaster and the Texans not being any better than the Colts, but at least based on expectation. Now this year, the Jaguars have a minus 155 price to win the AFC South. It's the third best price of any team to win any of the eight divisions in the National Football League. We have four odds on favorites, George, which has a minus money price. The Chiefs minus 180 to win the AFC West. The Niners minus 165 to win the NFC West. The Jaguars at minus 155 to win the AFC South. And the Eagles a minus 115 price to win the NFC East and in every one of those divisions except the AFC West for my money there's a trend or something weird in there where you have a question mark the NFC East we haven't seen a repeat champion win the divisional crown since 2004 and the birds are the favorites but the Eagles won it last year in the AFC South Jacksonville should have the optimism I believe they are correctly booked as a favorite do I think Jacksonville is far and away one of the best teams that I have no issue betting to win a division not necessarily I think it speaks more to the AFC South than that of the Jaguars. The Niners have quarterback concerns, question. I don't know what you want to call it. Brock Purdy has won the job for them. They traded away Trey Lance. They are invested everything into Brock Purdy. The sample size is not as small as people think it is, but still, you know, it's not overwhelming multiple years of consistent quarterback play for San Francisco. The Chiefs, George, have won the division seven consecutive years. I do think that continues this season. I will never buy into the Charger optimism until I see it with my own eyes. I do think Denver shows a tad bit of resiliency and bounces back. But the injuries to that wide receiver room, goodness gracious, you really feel for what Sean Payton had to deal with this offseason. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback in Las Vegas by the end of this season. I think he's going to be Aiden O'Connell. But so all of that said, George, it's really fascinating when you look at the four odds-on divisional favorites, half of the divisions in the National Football League this year, and compare where everybody sits entering this campaign. It's wild. It's well, I mean, but there's always the thing. What team goes last to first? We generally get that every year too. You know, it's trying to pick that out is uh, 
uh, not easy to do, to put it nicely. Uh, it's it's going to be a wild season. It is. And by the way, if Garoppolo is not the starting quarterback and it's not because of injury, which granted it could be, he gets hurt every year anyway. But uh, yep. boy, I'm wondering if uh, you know McDaniel's will be on his way out too, because I can't think that's a yeah. good thing. By the way, if Jimmy G's not getting it done and he's not hurt, uh, that was his handpicked guy, right? You got rid of Carr for Jimmy G, and you now you go yep. with Aiden O'Connell. Boy, uh, if you're right, oh, uh, bye, bye, Josh. Nice knowing you. Uh, we'll see you, you know, your next go around. Probably back with New England as an OC. Uh, boy, you look at these divisions, though. I mean, trying to fit, you know, trying to figure out the value is really what I'm going with this year. Trying to figure out the value here. Uh, I worry about San Fran too, just like you said here, because uh, listen, Joey Bosa is out too. By the way, we don't, we're not talking about him anywhere near yeah. enough. That's a loss. I understand that the defense is super strong anyway, so now it's just strong, but uh, that's a loss there. I do like the Saints to win the South. I think they're the best overall yep. team, certainly the best defense there, and I like that. Falcons, I, I don't trust Ritter at all here. Carolina, the offensive line is huge. It's pretty much you and I trying to block these guys, and Tampa is just a disaster. We talked about the North here. The East is Philadelphia or Dallas. I may be a Cowboys fan, but I, uh, I have Philadelphia winning only because uh, really it's the coaching staff. You know, I think if you put the Philadelphia offensive coaching staff on the Cowboys, I'd pick the Cowboys. Uh, that being said, nobody's won that division back-to-back years since 03 or 04. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a large sample size of 20 years. So keep that in mind there. I have KC winning, too. I'm trying to play devil's advocate looking for the Chargers here. But uh, I think yeah. KC wins. I have Jacksonville winning. I, boy, I'm going to go with the Ravens in the uh, north. I really like the, uh, the Ravens this year. But, I mean, I like everything they've done here. Uh, if Lamar can, uh, can throw the football, football, which I think he can, they've helped him there. Uh, I don't think Beckham's any, Beckham anymore, but still, he's serviceable. Save Flowers, I think it could be a stud here. Mark Gage, I love what this offense could possibly be here. The AFC East, another brutal battle here. This is just brutal between all of these teams here. Uh, boy, if Tua can stay healthy, I like them a lot. If the Jets can protect Aaron Rodgers, I like them a lot. Uh, Buffalo's Buffalo. You know, uh, this is one division where I don't really have an opinion. I probably do lean towards Buffalo. would never bet at a plus 120. The value is with the Jets or Miami. That's where I would go if I'm going to bet this. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you there in terms of where the value is. The Bills have won the division three consecutive years, trying to make it four straight. The Bengals have won their division two consecutive years, trying to make it three straight. We have seen some movement in what I believe, George, is actually the most competitive division in football, and that's the AFC North. It will be fascinating to follow these divisional races all year long. Who emerges? Of course, winning a division still has priority in the National Football League. You win a division regardless of record, you will host a playoff game that opening weekend. And of course, to win your division, you position yourselves potentially to get that opening round by in the NFL postseason as the number one seed in your conference. Some college football on this Thursday. We'll give you a preview of some games up next on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Full Circle with Ben Stevens and George Kurtz. It is a college football Thursday, live right here on Football Full Circle. 11 FBS games kick off week number one of the college football season in 2023 tonight. After the week zero appetizer, everybody gets in the fold this weekend for week number one. 11 games tonight, a few more on a Friday, a full Saturday slate for the first time this season. Games on Sunday, a marquee matchup on Monday night as well. Tonight begins a five-day straight sesh of college football. Over these next five days, this next five-day span, 85 games featuring at least one FBS school. College football is here. A few of the marquee matchups on this Thursday slate of the 11 that we have. The only ranked team in action to start off week number one. 14th ranked Utah hosts Florida in Salt Lake at Rice-Eccles Stadium. 14 is their number ranking in the country for the Utes. It's also their home winning streak. Utah has won 14 consecutive games inside Rice Eccles. However, we've seen dramatic movement in this line. It's only four and a half now in favor of the Utes as their returning quarterback Cam Rising still recovering from the ACL injury that he suffered last January in the Rose Bowl loss against Penn State. The line opened at nine. It's now down by half that four and a half the number in favor of Utah. A Big Ten battle at the bank in Minneapolis. It's Minnesota and Nebraska to start off the 2023 Big Ten football season. The Golden Gophers, a touchdown favorite at home. The start of the Matt Rule era in Lincoln as well as the head Cornhusker takes his team to Minneapolis. Again, a seven-point spread in favor of the Golden Gophers. The over-under stands at 42.5. A couple other of the marquee matchups that we have this evening. NC State, a 14.5-point favorite against UConn. Don't forget Jim Mora Jr. led the Huskies to a bowl game a season ago and UCF, now a Big 12 member institution. John Rice Plumley leads the Knights against Kent State, a team from Amac. The Central Florida Knights, a 35 and a half point favorite. That does it for football full circle today. I'm Ben Stevens. A shout out to George Kurtz. The money line is up next. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.